0: Jet. There we go. Yeah, I'm here now with. Uh, G'day, Austrians. How are you doing? Hope you're having a good evening. I just wanted to talk a little bit about a free society today, and uh, this was. The first time I ever came across this sort of thinking was uh, Hans Hermann Hopper. He's absolutely my favourite Austrian because he's so right. His philosophy is so perfect, uh, and 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 he has balls. He really, you know, doesn't take a backward step about the way he feels and the way he thinks, and uh, it's it's just. Incredible because he's so smart. I mean, Walter Block's up there too. And, of course, Ludwig von Mises and and the other Austrians, uh, you know, Karl Menger and um, Murray Rothbard, you know. But now, so I heard this from Hans Hermann Hopper. And and I've also listened to um, a lot of Peter Schiff podcasts that have taught me that about, you know, how things were once in the 1800s you know not perfect but or and and before that or times in history a lot of history i've read a lot of stuff about you know the enlightenment and 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 when people were very free they were very they were as prosperous as they were going to be for the day for that time that period of time they were as prosperous as anyone could get more than anyone had ever seen before from having free ideas floating around and and creators everywhere and and productive people doing productive things and serving others So Hans Hermann Hopper taught me that you can apply freedom the absolute free market So let's let's think about a free market a free market Is is interacting with each other without interference from a third party? So it's peer-to-peer like that's why the Bitcoin people buy Bitcoin because it's peer-to-peer now they're all going through an exchange, they've got a third party anyway, and they can be tracked and all that stuff. But we're not about Bitcoin today, but we're talking about peer-to-peer, we're talking about freedom between two people to interact without an interference. And then those two people, that's a win-win. You know, I've Walter Block talks about, I've got this pen and, and you've got a, uh, a $5 note and uh, I want the... I want the $5 note more than I want the pen. And you want the pen more than you want the $5 note. So I'll take that $5 note and no, I'm happier than I was before. And the guy that's, and Walter's got the pen there and he's happier than he was. So that's an exchange and where that's a win-win. And in the free market, that happens between everybody all the time. Every interaction you have in a, in a purely free market. Now there's rules. The rule is don't be a bad bastard. Don't steal from somebody. Don't hurt anybody, you know, because there's a free market in judges, lawyers and law. So you're judged. You have, to, you have to go to some sort of mediation. If you harm somebody or you steal from somebody or you do wrong by somebody, you can be held accountable in a free market system and in a free market system with competition. Between laws or between sorry, between judgments and, and standards where you have many, many different courts that could service your your problem and, and many, many security forces, many different companies offering security. So so you can get justice, you can have free market justice where lawyers compete with other lawyers down the road to, to, to work for you, rather than be those. Holier than thou people, that you have to try and find one that'll act for you, and then they, you know, know that you you don't have too much choice. You'd have a lot more choice in a free market when it came to lawyers and judges and courts. So it's not a monopoly. There is competition for judges. There is competition for judging. So you, you're in, you try and get yourself into the best court of the land if you, ever, if you ever got to a court. But there'd be a lot less litigation, there'd be a lot less courts, as in, the, well, sorry, there'd be a lot more choice for courts, but be a, they'd be used a lot less than they, than they are now. There'd be a lot less crime. So the, the uh, monopolies create bad services and high prices and free market capitalism... Uh, uh, provides the cheapest price and the best service so Hans Herman Hopper he taught me about you can do that now here's how it works when it comes to security so right now you you have to try and ensure the contents of your house and then you then you call the police once it's all the beds and the tvs and the microwaves and Everything, the furniture got stolen out of the house we are on holidays in Tasmania. you come home and you go ring the police. Oh, I've had all my stuff stolen. And so you call the insurance company and if they give you dollars, they don't give you back that mate and guitar that sits in the corner or whatever it is. They just give you dollars and you have to go and try and replace it with the dollars. In a free market, when there's a free market in security this is how it works, there is thieves in society, right? They quite often are gonna be the ones that are running the businesses of security. So instead of a life of crime, they offer a life of protection. But aside from that, you go and insure your contents and the insurance company says, well, we don't want any claims. So we're gonna hire some security it's gonna come around past your house every thirty five minutes. For every day that of your life that you're insured with us, you've got one of our guys coming past your house every thirty five minutes. And you can and, and and so he's gonna catch anyone that comes and steals your furniture over the weekend while you're in Tasmania. And you'll pay it. the insurance company says, we're gonna supply that because we it's cheaper for us to pay that guy to patrol the streets and make sure there's no bastard out there stealing nothing than it is to pay out every time someone loses all their shit. So there, there you've got the you've got the insurance company running the security, make sure that you don't lose your shit and you don't lose your shit. And so there's a there's a big street full of people and a suburb full of people who go, Yeah, I'll I'll buy that. There might be several security companies working in the area and you just say, I'll buy that and you call them up and they go, it's a dollar a week and you go, okay. And you not only have to wait to get stolen, stole your stuff stolen and then wait to get dollars back or some sort of currency back for it. You just, you pay every day or every, every week and, and keep the stuff you got that you like. So that's how private society works. That's how private law society works. Competition for security, competition, true competition for insurance, true insurance. A friend of mine told me a story about when he lived in Africa and they had a security guy that was supposed to stay up all night and make sure that they didn't get broken into. It was a high crime area. And he, we used to sleep every night and they, they, they said to him, hey, man, you... You're supposed to be watching this joint, mate. You know, like, uh, what if someone comes? You'll be asleep. And he says, no, nah, no, nah, it's okay. I paid the thief, man. He knew the thief. So he just paid the thief. He said, please don't steal off this house, thank you. See, so even in a private law society, the thief trades his life of crime for a life of being a security man. He cruises around all the houses and takes a dollar off everybody and never, no one ever gets broken into. And he, he doesn't have to steal for a living anymore. People are giving him money freely. So you turn the criminals into productive people in a private law society, in a, private, in a, in a free market society where you can just serve somebody and uh, give them a service or a product and you can grow wealthy from serving others. That's what happens in a private law society. Fantastic, isn't it? Non-aggression principle, don't hurt anybody, don't steal from anybody. And if you do, there's a, there a really good system to deal with it. Now, it's not utopia, Austrians. It's not utopia. There's always a certain amount of people that are going to commit a crime, no matter what they're going to do, they kill someone in the heat of the passion or punch someone in the heat of the moment or whatever the hell but there'd be a whole lot less there'd be a lot less stressed out people It'd be pretty relaxed i remember you know being growing up as a kid in the 70s it was a lot more relaxed than it is now we had time to sit down and talk on sundays and have dinner together and stuff and people did before all this technology came along and i love the technology i love the way it's you know revolutionized our lives as in you know, I can broadcast to you from my house like this. I love all that aspect of it, but... And, 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 and it's like the free market is alive on the internet, or it was, until it, you know, it's starting to get sort of... But they can't... They, as much as you try and squash it, it sort of squeezes out the edges, doesn't it? People just do what they want to do. Bugger the rules and regulations. People just do what they want to do anyway. They find a way around all the rubbish. But yeah, private, private law society... And a, and a freedom a society based on freedom when you get freedom to interact and you get two people interacting and there's no intermediate taking anything out of it when you got peer-to-peer and and uh, all and you can grow rich by serving others that's the best that's the best you can get how about we give that a go that's all you can apply it to universities why is why are schools so expensive why are universities sorry so expensive well, they get, you know, the government's gone and guaranteed the loans. There wasn't any loans before, guys. You just worked in a bloody cafe and you paid your university fees and you, you probably rented a flat. You worked, you know, in between. You studied and worked and studied and worked and you didn't have any debt at the end of it or at the start of it. And you had relatively low-priced courses. And if you didn't, if you were a real scholar and you are in a poor family, you got a scholarship. Before the government got involved... And, and guarantee these student loans. See, as soon as that loans, that student loan is, is approved and, and uh, guaranteed, so-called guaranteed, all the professors and all that, they can all give themselves that they can double the money. And that's what's happened. It's like, we can charge double now. These idiots are going to pay it. The student says, well, I don't care. I, I don't have to pay it up front. The university gets the money up front. They get the money. The taxpayer's on the bill from all the, all the bullshit bonds that have been issued and the, and the debt that the government's grabbed. The taxpayer's only on the bill to pay the bloody interest on that. And they're guaranteeing all these student loans. And the student loan, the, the money's going up front to the, to the university. So they're going, oh man, we can charge 30 grand a bloody term now. Huh? And we don't, we don't even have to deliver a good service, there's no competition. There's no free market university up the road there with a couple of few hungry professors going, yeah, how do we get some bums in seats, eh? What good courses are we going to teach? And how cheap do we make them to beat the competition out? Hmm? You don't get any of that. And yet, when you don't have that, you've got high prices. And if you apply that to every other, every other part of the economy, doesn't matter where it goes, if you've got a monopoly that's, that's created by a bunch of legislation and you got you got lawyers running mining companies f- from within the parliament you're not going to have a free society you're not going to have a good system you're not going to have a system that helps anybody it's just more crime more poor people that's what you got so what do we do about it what do we do about all that this more crime and more poverty and you know this welfare warfare state of affairs i mean It'll play out. It will has to play out and just do its thing. Um, we can't, but I'll tell you what the cure for it is. Is step one, remove all the rules and regulations that are put on every business in this country. Every last one of them. Either remove them or ignore them. That's the only way you can do it. First, you remove all that. You just ignore all that and you produce whatever you want, however you want, as long as you don't hurt anybody, poison anybody's creek, do something bad, okay? And then you default. You have to cut the head of the snake off and stop transferring all that, all, those, all your wealth to the ATO every week. Now, I'm not saying do that because that, that, that'll that land you in jail if you do it individually. It's like you have to all get together or, or, you know, enough people have to say, well, that's enough and just fill the jails up. But no one wants to be first. I understand that. But I, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's possible. I'm just saying this is how you would fix it. And I think as as we go forward, you probably won't have to do that because this inflation is going to get every last politician just the same as it's got getting us now and when when the currency properly collapses the bureaucrats will be wanting to be at home protecting their family and feeding their family and doing something productive anyway so you know this i'm not saying to force this to happen but this is what needs to happen to bring the economy back to a productive economy and bring society back to morality you have to go through what's coming so that so what what needs to happen is is no more rules and regulations and that doesn't mean anarchy like but you know it's like it's like when you say oh heroin's legal so everyone's going to go and no they're not they're not going to jab heroin in their arm the next day you make heroin legal tonight at midnight i'm not off to fucking find a score tomorrow am i you know, I don't want to get stuffed up in the head. Sorry for swearing, guys, but it's it's bullshit. Uruguay just delisted it all or whatever you do, de- decriminalised it all, didn't make it a... We're all drugs. And, and they haven't got, you know, streets full of drug addicts passed out and people having car accidents shooting up in their cars or anything stupid. You know, in fact, they got the opposite. They've got less people using drugs than they had before. And at least they're not getting thrown in jail and treated like someone that hurt somebody or someone that, you know, killed somebody or something. They're, they're just, they've got a problem. They've got a problem, but you don't solve it by locking them up. You don't solve it by breaking into their houses and locking them up. Sorry, wrong, wrong. Hasn't, hasn't worked since, since the 70s, since Nixon declared war on drugs. He may as well have declared war on bloody snails because he would he's, you know, there's drugs everywhere. There's drugs everywhere in a land full of laws against drugs. So there you go. I've just handed it to you for breakfast. It's bullshit. It doesn't work anyway. So, so all you've got to do is just ignore all the bullshit, rules and regulations, go about your business and empty all those buildings out of all those bureaucrats. Just let them not be paid until they offer a f- service to the market, until they're serving somebody, it's only fair. Everyone else is doing it, and that's how you fix it. You just let everyone produce, and they get what they deserve. They get how much they work for. Yes, there's going to be poor people born. Yes, there's going to be dumb people born. Yes, there's going to be people born with bloody half a head or two for uh, four arms or something. Whatever. There's going to be there's going to be all sorts of, you know anomalies to the normal human state that's but the way we've been dealing with it has been wrong it's just been wrong so it's far better to let people sort their own problems out they can group together and form groups and do whatever they want to sort their problems out we don't need a third party interfere and that's all that third party interference causes a net loss so I don't win as much as I should have, and you and then my, my, whoever I transacted with, they don't win as much as they should have. So I don't get the five dollars; I only get three dollars fifty, and he gets a pen with only one color instead of three. That's how the regulated system works. So we just—it's going to go that way. We don't have to force it, ladies and gentlemen. It's just going to happen. That that this fake, phony, bullshit, bloody system. Has got to collapse, and they talk. Uh, you think of something collapsing like it's a destruction, but it's creative destruction. Deflation is good, not bad. Inflation is bad. Prices going up. You can't be happy about your house going up in price if you're not happy about the fuel going up and the pair of shoes going up and the lettuces going up. You've got to be. You can't be happy with one or not with the other. You get it. So next time you're delighted your house went up, it meant it kept up with inflation, that's a good thing, only if you sold it and then you got no house. But pro- rising prices is a sign of a sick economy. And we need the creative destruction that will give us back the freedom to produce. And we'll be just fine looking after each other, thanks. Don't need to be told what to do on the television or spied on or anything else. That's how you cure it. But it'll cure itself. Just be aware that you can the opportunities are gonna to come to be free. Thanks for listening, guys. See you on the next one.